Welcome to the Psychology of Learning Foreign Languages, the podcast that shows you how to apply psychology and quality management to boost your language skills. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Psychology of Foreign Language Learning. My name is Gerhard Orband psychologist, author and German teacher. Today we'll talk about how to choose a language teacher. I hope you haven't missed out on the last episode, episode 29, where we discussed how to prepare for language tests. Before we start, a short message from our sponsor, which is Mir. So I invite you to subscribe to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash the go method like my initials no? the go method no? there you can participate in discussions and send me topics for future episodes i also invite you to check out my uh, language courses which are online already i have one in english for ger learning german and very shortly in, in the next month i will have the next level for German and if you're not interested in German there's a very sh sh uh, short and very unexpensive course I think it's for four dollars or five dollars about goal setting in foreign languages so how to plan your language learning and to maximize success it's something most students don't do and it's a high potential for improvement it costs you almost nothing and it's not a big effort to do it, but um, it's extremely useful. So please check out that course. It's on goal setting and language learning. Now, how to choose a language teacher. Now, this is, of course, a very skewed discussion because I myself am a language teacher. On the other hand, I'm um, a polyglot, if you made it, uh, call it like this, who speaks a lot of different languages and I'm always learning something. So I'm also on, on the consumer side. I always hated um, most language courses uh, because I found them extremely unproductive. So there were a lot of uh, minuses for me as a, an individual learner because I always uh, learned languages on the side. So I'm not the one of those crazy guys that uh, stays up all night to be in a chat room to um, to learn all those kind of strange languages. So I remember an article in the European press by um, a translator. I think he came from Albania or some su southern European country. And he is a polyglot and uh, he was uh, like heralded like some kind of a European role model. Uh, learning all those European languages and not, not only African languages. And so what sh uh, shocked me personally was his 
personal life. So he, he worked as a translator for the European Union, which is probably very exhausting. Uh, even if for the politicians it's not so exhausting, but the people who uh, have to translate all this um, bureaucratic language and uh, sit in, in, in those cabins and do a simultaneous translation, uh, it's uh, something very challenging, I uh, concede. And so apart from that, he, um, if I remember well, he sleeps around uh, four, four or five hours a, a night only because all night he's online and chats with some people in Ethiopia. So he uh, practices his Ethiopian or what, what you may call uh, the native language there. So it seems his life is completely centered around those foreign languages. So and uh, i th personally i'm not of, of this category <laughs> because i always try to do it i squeeze it in uh, in, in activities i'm doing already so i'm not spending a lot of extra time for learning foreign languages but i just do a lot of the things i normally would do in other languages so if i'm uh, looking up something on wikipedia i do this in other languages if i'm listening to podcasts i try to find different languages so I read books in different languages that I already wanted to read. So, and so I am extremely time conscious because I have a lot of other activities I want to do. I have my family, uh, music, and my job, and so on. So, <coughs> um, I'm a person that is extremely annoyed when uh, um, uh, he feels that um, when I'm feel that I'm feeling that I'm losing my time here. So. When I studied psychology at the university, I also didn't attend a lot of classes, uh, psychology classes, because uh, the teacher was uh, talking too slowly, or I could just read up the information somewhere else. So I went only to those classes, which I felt they were productive, where I needed to be present. Huh? So now uh, let's uh, formulate some questions. Uh, so, so th that they can help you decide what would be the best language teacher for you. So first, I think, uh, as I mentioned in the short uh, publicity, uh, you need to uh, clarify your goals for lang language learning too, because um, most people haven't their goals right when they start learning foreign languages, because you can do a lot of different things with the foreign language. Huh? And you need to realize, even in, in your native language, you are not a proficient speaker for everything. No? And everybody of us has shortcomings. No? We cannot discuss on all topics fluently in our native language. No? On accounting, medicine, physics, chemistry, um, European art, um, history, economics, so on. So most of us will find that their vocabulary is extremely limited outside of our comfort zone. Uh, and that is us as our na as native speakers. So, so you will always have to choose what kind of dialect accent you adopt, on what topics you want to be fluent, with what kind of age groups or social groups you want to interact. Uh, if you want to become um, an police undercover investigator you need to 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 learn different kinds of slang um, you need to adopt to different um, adapt to different kinds of uh, accents uh, so if you if you're an american and you want to become a, 
secret agent in, let's say, in Spain. So you, if you want to be an efficient secret agent, you, know, you should mimic not the, the Colombian, Argentine or Sp uh, mainland Spain accent. So if you don't do this, uh, you are not, you're not um, fulfilling your goals. So, no? so and the biggest distinction you should make is if for you language is a real competency or if it's only a threshold competency. So what is the difference? So if it is a threshold competency, you just need a certain level uh, to be able to do certain things. So for example, if you're um, planning to become a tourist, so you don't need to discuss about art. You, you will have probably very limited interactions with foreigners. Uh, you need the language for certain situations and you need to fix them. So for example, past customs. Uh, so in what accent you do this? If your grammar is faulty, doesn't matter a lot uh, if you uh, pass through those situations. So, uh, For example, imagine you want to go to uh, China or to Korea, so uh, and uh, they wouldn't speak English there. So for you, it's important to get through customs. If you did this by having a wrong intonation in Korean, that doesn't matter you uh, matter to you. So if you can order a beer in Korea, that's enough. Uh, no, you don't. You're not aiming at perfection here. Uh. So the same for many jobs. Uh. So if you want to work in that foreign language, so that, uh, if you want to work in a hotel or in different um, establishments, so so yeah, you need to have a certain level. But if you improve further, uh, your jo overall job performance will not improve. So. So you just need to have a certain threshold level of that language to be able to function. So, and that explains also, for example, um, why immigrants in a lot of countries, uh, even if they work in a place where they need to use the, 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 the other language, uh, they don't, don't make more improvements because they already know enough not to be able to sell bread or in a, be in a supermarket and so on. And uh, there's no pressure on them uh, to to speak perfectly because even if they spoke uh, like a poet or like a, a perfect journalist, uh, uh, that salary won't improve. So it doesn't matter for them. On the other hand, uh, there are jobs or situations where uh, the better your speech, uh, the better your outcome. Uh, so if you are a journalist, a writer, uh, uh, but even a negotiator or a, s a salesman in certain situations, huh? no, if you are a teacher, no, the better your language, the better your overall performance. So this is the first question people need to, uh, to clarify. So if, you're, if you need just a threshold level and uh, if the threshold is high, low, so you need to dis uh, discover, uh, dis decide that, or if you are planning for uh, continuous improvement. So, and this very much affects the choice of the teacher um, because if I just want the threshold level, then, then almost any teacher will do. Uh, 
But if I want to have that uh, continuous improvement or the, uh, if I want to become a journalist, I need to be careful from the first lesson with what teacher I associate. Because it doesn't matter if I pick up a wrong accent. Uh, no? A problem with a lot of language teachers is that they are focusing on those threshold learners, no? on, on those future tourists or the, uh, employees at the hotel and so on that don't really care for the language of our grammar or for literature. They just want to be able to be uh, able to uh, uh, sustain a, s a, s a simple conversation. So, and those teachers typically, they give messages like, hey, it's not so important to learn X, Y, Z because you will never use this. And uh, it doesn't matter if you mix up those words, they are synonyms and so So they simplify um, the content. Uh, and this may work out very well for people who are uh, threshold learners, but it may prove very toxic for somebody who really needs to understand all those nuances and needs to have an impeccable grammar later on. So, and then it will be very difficult to uh, differentiate or to re um, rework all those first courses where you have mixed it all up. Now, let, let, let us uh, run a, through a list of um, important points if you want to be a high performance learner. Now, as I said, if you just learn picking up some words, everything will do. Even I think Duolingo and s those apps are better than most language learning lessons. So here, very sh uh, shor shortly, uh, uh, questions you should ask yourself uh, before evaluating a teacher. So first, um, how much training opportunity do I get during each lesson? So ideally, uh, as if I'm going to sports, I have a maximum opportunity to, to practice. So, so how, how much is the teacher talking? So even, of course, if he's a native speaker, it is very, um, very nice to listen to. Uh, if he is uh, or she is a beautiful teacher, then she's nice to, or he is nice to, to look at. But um, the more the teacher speaks, the less I can speak to, uh, no? typically. So if the speaker, uh, if the teacher t speaks more than 50% of lesson time, explaining, to telling something, that means that we as students have less than 50% chance to do something practical. Now, in a sports setting, it is would be completely unacceptable that I'm going to a, a fitness class uh, and I watch the, the, the fitness instructor doing 90% of the training time exercises and we sit on the sidelines and watch it. It's absurd. So what is the teacher that maximizes uh, practical training time? Then another question is, uh, is this teacher somebody who is aiming at high performance? So this can signify a lot of different things. Um, is the teacher accommodating to the worst student in the class or is he putting the best students as a, um, as a model and does he adapt his lessons according to the first or the last two. Uh, many uh, foreign language to, uh, teachers, uh, they have the policy of uh, adapting to the, the least proficient student. So if there's somebody in the back, uh, say, I don't understand, then the whole teaching process is halted. Uh, 
and um, teachers do this because of uh, good intentions they think that it's helpful but actually it's mm, holds the, ho the whole process and it doesn't and often from my experience doing this doesn't help the, the, the least professional student uh, and in the end you will have the whole group uh, without uh, the results and even the students you intended to help they also don't have results and you need to watch out what what is the, how is the teacher reacting is he saying that if you are have if you have problems i'll assist you to catch up to the group uh, but uh, you need to do something about this or is he making it simpler and simpler and slower and slower to not lose one student uh, then something else is <coughs> are you working in pairs or are you interacting only with this with the teacher uh, people like to interact directly with the teacher because he's the native speaker he's the expert and she is the expert and so on but uh, i recently re read um, a quote on on a facebook site by the british council and it was like this uh, why is it that there was a girl a woman pulling her hair out so why is it that i um, always understand my teacher in class but outside of a classroom I cannot understand normal people huh? yeah, be because the interaction with the teacher gives you some kind of illusion yeah, that you understand the language huh? but you don't see that the teacher is adopting it uh, is adopting a style similar to yours he's choosing the words that he thinks you understand uh, so also <coughs> the communication with the teacher is typically very uh, uh, schematic it's like uh, there's certain patterns no? they repeat no? for example um, could you explain this what is on page 10 um, please repeat what is your opinion so there are maybe 10 20 phrases that the teacher repeats and repeats again and even if you had a conversation of hours over several lessons it was basically always the same conversation uh, always the same questions but the students uh, stick with the, the, the impression that they, they were able to uh, s talk we we're discussing hours with our teacher but yes he, he was giving you always the same questions so if the teacher does this uh, then uh, he, he conditions you, you know, s to classroom conversations so the the ideal teacher, you know, if you want to, to be a high performer, is that puts you to work in pairs and work on uh, communication which is spontaneous. Yeah, because yeah, <coughs> it's often easier to control the teacher than is it to control your partners in the group. So everybody will has has its own ideas, you know? and also <coughs> it has helps you because. Uh, you need to uh, start to be more autonomous uh, so if you're talking in pairs the teacher may not correct every word you're speaking so you become more or less autonomous like in a situation in the country you are traveling to you will not have always your teacher standing beside you and correcting you so this would be also another criteria so is the teacher preparing me from lesson one to become 
independent. So is he giving me, is he or she giving me the tools, strategies, tips, now, how to function in real life? Now, or are the lessons made in such a way that I'm becoming dependent on the teacher? Now, and you know, there are a lot of uh, uh, self-help books around on influence and so on. And I typically many um, language teachers are interested in uh, not in psychology in general, but in those topics like neuro-linguistic programming, NLP. Now, so how their main problem is, how do I make the students like me? How do I make the students sign up for the next course? So how, <coughs> yeah. and so you need to be aware that um, many teachers may use this uh, no, for example positive thinking or reinforcement they may make you compliments and say you are so great and so on and all this has the effect that you stick with a certain teacher for a certain time and you feel good but always uh, remember that the real test is not how you feel in the classroom uh, but how you perform outside the classroom. So you always need to make some kind of independent tests if you are improving or not and why. So is and an another another aspect is uh, if uh, uh, the, the teacher is helping you as an individual uh, because if you're just passing one textbook one and for all that it's not a realistic situation. So is the teacher giving me some kinds of tools how to learn specifically for my individual goals? Yeah. Then, um, let's leave it with this. Um, there are a lot of um, other things, but I just want to remember there are ah, this a, a big, um, yeah, the elephant in the room. How do I feel during the lessons? Huh? So. The wrong thing to look at this is uh, to, to ask the question, am I feeling good or am I feeling bad? Now, the question you should ask yourself is, am I feeling productive or am I feeling unproductive? Is this challenging for my intellectual potential or is it unchallenging? Because most of us in our society, they are focused on, do I like it or don't I like it? Uh, am I feeling good? Am I feeling bad? Uh, and many teachers, they accommodate to this too, and they try to make uh, students like their lessons. So, and then they do all things uh, like gamification. Uh, they, they come with their guitar and they sing songs and they make all kinds of um, group exercises or things that uh, show funny movies and so on all of which is legitimate, of course. But the big question is, is it productive? For example, if I go to my first karate lesson or advanced uh, um, uh, players, or, uh, then for me, it will be a very unpleasant experience because people will throw me around, hit me, um, every, everything will ache. So it will be a difficult, or if, for example, if I weigh 
200 kilos and I'm going to my first fitness or aerobic or shaping group. So it will be extremely unpleasant uh, um, situation no? of, of somebody has bad health habits no? and I'm, put on a I'm being put on a diet. Or, no? Yes, I will, will not, I will hate this. No? But I understand that I need this if I want to be fit, if I want to be a go um, good in karate and so on. Huh? And the same here, people miss this huh? because the whole culture is about fun and distraction. And uh, huh? no, people uh, miss the point why they come to language lessons. So, so that doesn't mean that it needs to be dull uh, and uh, the teacher the unpleasant, aggressive, and so on. No, but ask you always you the, the question, is this something productive or unproductive? No, and uh, we can do a lot of funny things, pleasant things. No? If I go to a sports lesson and we watch movies there, I will like it. No? If we eat a chocolate cake, I will like it. But will this affect my, my weight, my overweight? Probably not, or negatively. And the, the problem is, you need to understand that time is precious. So, uh, the time you have you spend at the la language course, uh, you could use for something more productive. Uh, and if you want to work somewhere and learn the language for that, and you need to understand that each month you are paying the price of a missed salary. Uh, for example, somebody who wanted to come to Germany to work and calculated that he will get an entry-level job for $2,000, not knowing the language at this moment costs him or her already $2,000 a month. So it's not the cost of the language course, it's the cost of the opportunities missed. Okay, I hope this was inspiring. Please um, debate with me or write your own criteria and um, see you or hear you next time. Bye-bye.